Hi, my name is Oakley Weddle, and I'm the marketing manager at ProTech Services Group Incorporated, and you're listening to the ProTech Pod. For over 30 years, ProTech has offered various services ranging from cloud solutions, talent acquisition, security, and managed services. We offer a 24-7 bilingual support desk as a service for clients and have Office 365 slash security awareness training with advisors. We are headquartered in Memphis, Tennessee. Providing tailored solutions to our clients' unique problems, we apply innovation across all aspects of the company. To learn more about us and our services, visit www.psgi.net. Each month, I will be talking with ProTech's finest and picking their brain on the many topics that keep me up at night. Hi, welcome to the first episode of the ProTech Pod, ProTech's first ever podcast show. Our kickoff episode requires an awesome guest, doesn't it? Well, I've brought in one of the best. In my interview with Chris Yancey, we talk all things social media and security nowadays. We also talk about where social media was and what it will most likely evolve into. I hope you enjoy this episode and tune into future ProTech Pod episodes. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm great, Oakley. How you doing? Good to be here. I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about social media, specifically in present day and the modern world and all the problems and amazing things that come along with that. So I thought this would be a great uh, topic to kick us off on our podcast series because I work in social media every single day, yet I do not know all that you know about the cyber threats, <laughs> cybersecurity. <laughs> and so I would love to have a discussion today about that. Absolutely. Uh, so thanks for joining. Yeah, great to be here. Great to be, and it's a great topic, especially uh, nowadays. You know, people have been you know sheltered in place for over the past year because of this pandemic, and a lot of us have been relying on social media just to talk to our friends and family and loved ones and just making new connections. So it's it's right on time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to talk all about that today and how people are taking advantage of that. So my first question is, when did you join social media? Oh, wow. I'm I'm really going to show my age here. And so uh, I want to say my first introduction to social media was probably in the early 2000s, maybe I, I, with MySpace. I, I'm not even sure if you're old enough to know what MySpace is, Oakley. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it started off with MySpace. There were actually a couple of applications that were out before then. I think Friendster was one. Um, but I think MySpace kind of kicked off this whole social media revolution. Um, and and to to talk about not MySpace in today's day and age in 2021, you know, you say that and most people are like, what is that? And that was the Facebook or the Twitter of the early 2000s. And so uh, that's I've been on social media since then. Yeah. And the interesting thing about MySpace is that the toxicity of social media started way back then. Because <laughs> isn't MySpace the one where you like got to pick your friends each like week or something like that, and you had to like yeah, pick? yeah. And so the interesting thing with MySpace that thankfully we don't have now in social media was you know MySpace kind of had that top eight section yeah. where you had you may have had you know four hundred friends, but you had to pick the top eight that were going to be on your profile. And I mean, could you imagine now being on Instagram or Twitter or something and you've got to choose eight of your friends <laughs> that are going to be on your top eight? But you're going to lose some friendships that way. So, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it really bred a lot of toxicity, um, especially, you know, when it came to choosing who was going to be on your top eight that week. So um, thankfully, we don't have that problem now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on social media overall when it first started to, you know, blow up? Oh, man. Um, my initial thought, I, I wasn't even interested in social media in, until I think my friends got on it. And then we started talking about old classmates and how to find them and and that social media was a, a really good place to do this. And I think peer pressure kind of um, was was the number one motivation for me to to get on social media uh, just because everybody else was doing it. it. It was that it was that relevant fad thing to do. You know, if I'm going to be relevant socially, then I need to get with the program and, and I don't want to feel left behind. So now I've got to develop a MySpace page or, you know, everybody else is on Facebook. Let me create a Facebook page. And so my initial thoughts were, you know, am I doing this just because everybody else is doing it? Do I really need this in my life? But it was such a growing fad um, when it first started uh, and it started blowing up that I felt like peer pressure was my number one motivation to try to to try to keep up with everybody else. Um, and it was the cool thing to do. You know, um, I, even when MySpace was was first initiated, you know, other people felt like they had to put these cool graphics in the background. Some of them were just really headache inducing. But, you know, <laughs> they had to have the coolest graphics or the coolest sound clips or you know, I have to I have to have a movie on my MySpace page. So it seemed like a, a competition almost. Um, but it was like, hey, if you're going to be relevant socially, um, then you got to have a MySpace page. Even like comedians and celebrities were getting with the program like Dane Cook, you know, first got his start on off of a MySpace page uh, and, and look at him today. You know, he's selling out whole arenas. So um you know, I, I think a lot of celebrities started understanding the power of social media, even way back in the MySpace era, um, that it just it was a matter of peer pressure and relevance. Um, <laughs> and, and if you were going to have a social media page or not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that perspective hasn't changed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Funny how that works, huh? Yeah. <laughs> So that was social media then, but mm -hmm. if you had to describe social media now in the present day in one word, what would that word be? Um, I think that word would be community. Um, mm -hmm. I, I would I would choose that word over anything because whether you look at social media in a good light or a bad light, um, you know whether whether it's social or business purposes that you've got a social media page, uh, and a lot of times they overlap. You know, it's about people building relationships, um, you know, and sometimes those relationships are personal. Sometimes it's building your brand, uh, but it's all about people coming together, um, you know, nurturing old relationships, uh, finding new connections and new relationships. So I think it's all about community. Um, when I when I think about social media today in today's day and age, um, even worthwhile causes, whether it's, um, you know, in the African-American community, whether it's LGBTQ, whether it's, you know, any cause out there whatsoever, you, you can find um, a, a home or you can find um, a, a community centered around social media. Uh, so I think that's, built, that's, that's bringing a lot of people together. Um, 
that normally wouldn't have come together, you know, pre 2000s before we even had social media. Uh, it was a lot harder to try to reach a lot of people um, that needed reaching. Uh, but thanks to social media now, I think that's doing a lot of good in the community. Yeah, that's amazing. That's like the ultimate perspective when it comes to social media, because there are so many people who, you know, may not have found these communities, you know, mm -hmm. in person or mm -hmm. they're talking to someone from across the world. And so that is a beautiful part of social media. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But switching over to the security side of things yes, <laughs> and how people are taking advantage of it, uh, what are a few things you would tell any company or every company they need to be aware of when it comes to social media? Well, yeah, before we even get to the security part of it, just speaking to businesses and companies in general, I think first and foremost, every company that is within the, the, the earshot of our voices needs to understand the power that social media can have on your brand. Uh, I don't care if you are a Fortune 500 company or if you've got a food truck, and we know, you know, personally about that, you and I, Oakley. You know, it it can do wonders for your brand as far as uh, you know delving into social media, uh, whether it's an Instagram page or just you know putting out on Twitter where your food truck is going to be located. You know, whether you're Buff City Soap and you're you're trying to, you know, throw out those flash sales, which I'm tired of getting in my inbox, but but I, I, <laughs> I love Buff City Soap, so I can't say too much about it. Um, I mean, even Crumble Cookie is a great example. They just came to the Memphis area, the Mid-South area. And I don't know if you've ever seen a Crumble Cookie commercial, Oakley, um, but there's there's literally no text. There's no script. There's nobody talking. There's no people. It's just a video clip of cookies. It's just it's just this seductive video with music playing in the background and and they're sharing their menu for the upcoming week. And they put that on their Instagram page, on Twitter, on Facebook. And it is the smartest marketing ploy that I've ever yep. seen in my life because it costs them nothing. I mean, they basically right. create these videos on a weekly basis. They put it on their Instagram, their Twitter, their Facebook page. They put it on Snapchat and 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 people follow this. And they 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 look at it and they see it and it and they're not running into these ads on, you know, Channel Five News or you know I've I've never seen a crumble cookie commercial on television, but they're building their brand on social media and they're doing it for little to nothing. So, yeah, um, I want I want companies to understand the power that social media has, but definitely speaking to the security side of it, I mean, they need to understand that that social media security risks for businesses and organizations really can't be taken lightly. Um, a, a brand's online presence is deeply connected to its reputation. And any breach that happens uh, whatsoever with your company through social media can damage you know, a customer's confidence in your, in your brand and, and also put your information and your data at risk. So a lot of these things that we talk about, that we're gonna talk about today I mean, companies are definitely at risk in, in phishing through their email and, and ransomware and things like that, but they really can't take social media for granted because uh, they may be oversharing information, their their security preferences may be set at a low level, but a lot of things can happen in social media that can bring a, a business down as well. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point about crumble cookies, I have not been there. But when I drove <laughs> by last night, the line was down the street to Gibson. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. 
It's and nuts. So, yeah. And, you know, even if a company is not generating those kind of sales, they're yeah. still building their reputation for when they will. Absolutely. And so I definitely agree with you. As someone who is a marketing manager, I love social media for companies and totally agree to the fact that I think all companies should have a presence on social media, Absolutely. whether your goal is to build your reputation, have sales or uh, whatnot. But yeah. Absolutely. So um, has the pandemic or how has the pandemic increased malicious cyber activity on social media? Yeah, I was going to say that's a definite yes. Uh, I don't think I don't (laughs) think the question is, has it? Uh, You know, how has it is is a great question. Um, I mean, there's a couple of driving reasons that, that there's been an uptick in breaches because of the pandemic. I think as the pandemic grew, more businesses whether they were in online banking or e-commerce, I mean, they were all the businesses were being conducted online. It's at some point, you know, uh, it's it's some shape, form, or fashion, and so businesses had to make this abrupt shift, you know, from most employees working in an office to most of them working at home, and so in that rush to continue with business as usual, I mean, a lot of businesses, a lot of people had to take shortcuts with security. You know, I can remember us at ProTech uh, the day, you know, you know, Dan came to us and said, hey, guys, we're going to pack this up and just work from home. And no one knew how long this was going to be, you know, whether it was going to be a week, a month, a couple of months. And I can remember to this day, you know, sitting in my chair when he kind of had that that powwow with us. And here we are, what, 15, 16 months later, you know, and <laughs> And I'm at home, <laughs> um, still, you know, doing this. We're making that shift back to the office, but I'm doing this this podcast from home, you know. So uh, I, I think during the times of change, cyber criminals really learn to capitalize on a lot of the confusion and uncertainty that a lot of businesses were going through during that time. Um, another reason, people were shopping online. You know, let's face it, we were all bored sitting at home, especially early on. I mean, we we're just staring at the walls because we didn't know how long we were going to be stuck in this box called home. And so we were looking for ways to to get out. And one way we could actually do that was, you know, to shop online. You know, that was still going on, at least. So when COVID hit, a lot of people are there shopping online. And so unfortunately, that means there's more targets for these online scammers to to target. Um Cyber criminals started to shift their focus on creating bogus campaigns focused around stimulus payments, unemployment, uh, PPP loans, um, and and a lot of benefits that companies were offering because of COVID. And so they saw that as an opportunity to send out, you know, bogus emails and and messages and things like that to people saying, hey, if you want an extra stimulus payment, click this link, you know, or, or things like that. So uh, the pandemic caused a lot of confusion and there was a huge uptick in cybersecurity. Um, as a matter of fact, on the day the PPP loans first hit bank accounts, I think a lot of websites of several large banks uh, actually went down because of the huge surge in traffic. And wow. so a lot of cyber criminals actually knew the day and the time that deposits were going to be made they basically overwhelmed a lot of the banks with with account takeover attempts. Um, so a lot of the account takeover attempts increased by about 80 uh, percent on that day that the PPP loans were first hitting uh, a lot of the banks. So definitely these scammers try to attempt to, to take over these accounts. 
uh, by using old usernames and passwords that people mm-hmm. always recycle, that I'm always t- telling people not to do. Um, <laughs> but they do that to gain access to these accounts and to make more money. So uh, unfortunately, COVID was was hitting us health-wise, but it was also hitting a lot of people financially as well because of these huge upticks in security breaches. That's insane. I want to highlight something that you said about the uncertainty of everything. Um, the cyber criminals, they really do focus on the uncertainty. And that's why your job is so important. Awareness is vital. Yeah. And I'll steal from Schoolhouse Rock. Knowledge really is power. <laughs> and so through stuff like this, the podcast, and through your Tech Bite series and all of your security trainings, you really are letting people know that this is something that's going on. This is uh, very important for businesses and personal use that you guys are aware that these cyber criminals are taking advantage of your um, ignorance. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they prey on it. And so, you know, they, they always say that, that, that the, they prey on the weak. And it's, it's absolutely true with the uneducated as well. Uh, I think a lot of businesses and companies can't take for granted when, especially come, you know, compliance time and we're really, really sitting down with a lot of our employees, going over a lot of policy change, changes and things that are going on in our companies. A lot of businesses need to take that time to actually sit with their employees and talk to them about security risks. And so I, I wish that a lot more companies in the Mid-South area were doing that. Uh, I, I think that they will, especially after after COVID. Um but definitely we need to sit down and talk with a lot more companies and businesses about um, just the the dangers that that are out there. Anybody that touches a computer uh, basically at work needs to be educated about the dangers of phishing emails, scams, ransomware, all the, the dangers of data breaches that can happen out there. Yeah, absolutely. And that has evolved into social media too, because even you know a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe I was aware of you know email phishing, um, but not necessarily all the uh, social media security that I need uh, or threats that I should be aware of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's definitely evolved. Um, yep. So my next question is, what's the biggest mistake a business can make when it comes to social media security? Uh, the biggest mistake uh, a business can make, I think employers need to make sure that employees fully understand what information the company considers confidential or sensitive. Uh, I, I think, again, that that all comes down to education, what we were just talking about. Uh, employers actually having that, you know, they, they always say that parents need to have the, the hard, tough conversations with their children. And I think employers need to have those conver- same conversations with their, their employees a lot of times, because I think employers take for granted that all of the employees of a company know what to do and know the right thing to do. Um, But let's have that talk, let's have that communication anyway, just in case they don't. Um, Because if, if I don't know what a company considers to be confidential or private or sensitive information, then I can easily expose that kind of information using, you know, social media. I could be in the office just taking pictures, you know, just innocently you know, walking around and snapping photos of my day because I'm, I'm that person that wants to post my day, you know, on Facebook, you know, every <laughs> hour. Uh, but not knowing that I may inadvertently take a photograph of a document or take a picture of someone's desktop and they've got their password, you know, with a huge post-it note, you know, on the screen. 
or I may take a picture of somebody that's in the office that doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, out in the public eye that was in my office. It may signal a an upcoming merger or or anything like that with with two companies. So I need to make sure what is sensitive, what is confidential, what's okay for me to share, um, and and really make sure that that's that's not really uh, confidential or private before I post that on social media because again. With with the internet, once it's out there, it's out there. You can't you can't bring it back. Even if you delete a photo or a post, that doesn't mean someone's not already downloaded that information, screenshot it, uh, or anything else. So, I think employers really need to make sure they communicate with all of the employees. What do we consider confidential or sensitive uh, before you post something, you know, online? So that that would be the number one thing that I would say to businesses. That's the biggest mistake that a lot of companies have is not having the hard talk, not having the talk with their employees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Internet is forever. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just be careful about what you post out there, because, again, you don't want to inadvertently uh, post the wrong thing. Um, something that may appear innocent to you may be damaging or crippling to a business. You touched on this a little bit, but what's the biggest mistake an individual can make when it comes to social media security? You know, I, I have a lot. I have a lot. I have a list and I'm, <laughs> I'm guilty of a lot of them. But I think the number one uh, mistake I think an individual can make on social media and don't cringe when you say this, uh, Oakley, see when you hear this, Oakley, because I, I've, I've seen your social media um, <laughs> posting that you're out of town. You know, I think. I think anytime you post that you're out of town, whether you're attending something business related like a conference or just on you know a family vacation, I think that's probably the number one biggest mistake that any individual can make on social media. And the reason is, is that robbers love to know when you're going to be away from home, you know, um, and by that same token, hackers love to know when you're away from the office. So. I think specific personal information like that seems harmless. You know, you're on a family vacation. You know, I, I do it all the time. You know, I'm on a family vacation <laughs> and I want to post, you know, I, you know, you've come across this great restaurant. And you're like, oh, my God, if for if no, for no other reason, I need to document where this place is so I can find it again next year. You know, so you may want to put that on social media and say, oh, my God, this crawfish etouffee was the best I've ever had in my life. And you'll post exactly where you are. You're in Destin, Florida, or you're at the airport and you're about to get on a plane. But unfortunately, there's bad people out there in the world who like to break in homes, who like to do us bodily harm. You know, God knows what. And so when we post on social media that we're we're at the you know Memphis International Airport about to get on our you know jet for a two week vacation to Destin, that's probably the number one worst thing that you can do because not saying that your friends are going to rob you, um, but you're not you're really not sure who's looking at your social media, a friend of a friend or, or anything like that, depending, again, on how you've got your privacy settings and your social media. We need to take a look at that as well. So anytime you advertise that I'm not going to be at home for a certain amount of time, you're basically just putting a post-it note on your front door saying, hey, no one's home and no one's going to be here until next Tuesday, you know, have at it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the number one biggest thing that we can probably improve upon just as just individuals, hey, hang on to those photos in your phone. They're not going anywhere. And when you get back home, 
you know, hey, now you can post that on social media and say, hey, I had a great time last week in Destin. Or here are some pictures of my, you know, trip to Walt Disney World last week. I think that's the safest way to go about it. Again, it's not really something we think about when we're on vacation or if we're at a conference because we're excited. We've got that feeling of euphoria. Oh, you know, I'm out and about and I'm having fun. But it's not really the safest thing when you come back home and your car is missing out of your driveway, you know. <laughs> so let's let's let's. I think we all need to do a little bit better better job of that because all of my friends are pretty much on social media, and I'm so tired of seeing them at the beach and I'm at home. But what I'm also tired of is them posting <laughs> that they're at the beach currently or they're at the airport currently and they're going to be gone, you know, for an entire week. So I'm like, mm -hmm. ooh, that's really not the safest thing that you could have done, you know. So um, that that would be my number one on my list. Guilty, guilty, <laughs> guilty, guilty. I, I'm, I'm there. I'm charged. There. I'm there with you. <laughs> uh, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. <laughs> you were having uh, fun. Yeah. You were having fun. I, hey, I definitely you. agree with you, though. I definitely agree with you. That's something I don't think about. You're right on vacation, yeah. and then you get home, and you know, you say something like that. I'm like. Man, that's a really good point. Yeah. My yeah. car my car could have been stolen. Especially if you're <laughs> tagging everybody that's in your family, you know, it's like Oakley Weddle and five others, you know. Yeah. And they're like, oh, everybody's gone, you know. So it's just it's just something yeah. to think about. Something to think about. Yeah, that's a great tip though. Okay. So this question is probably the hardest one. Mm. How how can companies approach this topic with their employees? I I would assume it's, you know, it's a fine line between having them do, you know, the best practices that you're teaching us and then, but not controlling, you know, their social media or telling them yeah. how to, you know, live their lives. Yeah. How do, how do you go about having the hard talk <laughs> with your, with your kids? Um, so yeah, you don't, as an employer, you don't want to take people's cell phones, you know, as soon as they walk through the door, you know, you can't, you can't really police them that way. Um, but I, I think that the best way that a company can approach this with their employees is is really just approach it head on and not ignore it um, or assume that employees know what to do. I think when you do those two things, you're actually opening yourself up to a lot of damage. Um, for I'll, 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 I'll give my history, for example, I'm a former teacher, you know, and so I started off teaching kindergarten. And as a kindergarten teacher, I was very effective. <laughs> you know, one, I think little kids just kind of just were amazed that a man was teaching kindergarten, number one. But, but you know, I, I had, I won't say strict, but, I, you know, we, we had, you know, rules and regulations and policies and procedures in place. We knew how to line up. We knew how to go to the water fountain. We knew how to sharpen our pencils. And the biggest mistake I made in education, Oakley, was I moved straight from kindergarten to fifth grade. And I can remember that first year that I taught fifth grade. It was the worst year of my life because they were older kids. And I thought I didn't have to teach those same, you know, procedures and policies. This is how we do this. This is how we do this. I was like, hey, these kids are older. They know what to do. And those kids ran over me like nobody's business. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, and so I think I think we do the same things as as employers. Um we assume that everybody in the room is a grown up and they know how to be socially responsible. They know how to use the internet. They've been using it. I shouldn't have to tell them what is safe to post and what's not safe to post. And I think that's the biggest mistake that a lot of companies can make 
is by ignoring the fact that we need to have a talk about social media. And look, your social media is your social media. But when it comes to this company, this is how we're going to go about doing this. Um, I think a company needs to create an informed social media policy for their companies. Um, a, a strong social media policy clarifies really who can speak for your company uh, on social media and outlines a plan for dealing with conflict, if ever there is conflict. Um, so this kind of helps defend against you know, security risks, legal issues. It empowers your staff and it protects your brand. Like you are our marketing manager, you know, Oakley. I'm not going to go on Facebook and start, you know, talking about protect this, protect that, you know, that's not my place. That's not my job. And thankfully, we have someone like you in place where if something needs to get posted on social media, everybody knows that person to go to. Uh, unfortunately, everybody, every company in the Mid-South doesn't have that structure that we have. They don't have that one go-to person that is that that is in response that's responsible for posting on social media about the company. Uh, so if there's too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, when it comes to a company's Instagram account or you know Facebook posts or Twitter posts and things like that, things can really get uh, confusing, especially if there's a conflict uh, with the company or if the company's in the news. Um, the same way that no one needs to talk about ProTech if there's a, a news reporter out in the you know, out in the parking lot, you know, hey, no comment. Let our marketing manager speak to that. We don't need to do the same thing on social media because anybody that that puts that company's name out there again on the internet, it stays out there. So it could it could damage that brand in a negative light with too many people posting about things. So uh, I say approach it head on, sit down, reserve some time and actually talk to all of your employees as a whole uh, about about the company's social media policy. And if you don't have one, then you definitely need to develop one and then speak to your company about what it is. Yeah, I think that's great. I think a lot of people don't think about this topic until you know it's too late. And so I think this is awesome that you know we're being proactive when it comes to spreading the awareness of uh, these threats on social media. Yeah. yeah. So um, either from the perspective of social media in general or the perspective of um, cybersecurity, where do you think social media will be in five years? Oh, man, in five years? Um, <clears throat> you know, I can see e-commerce and social media coming together even more than wh where they are already. Um, I think the fewer steps a user has to take to complete a purchase, the higher that company's conversion rate's going to be. And so I think that's why we'll see the introduction of maybe uh, different types of checkout systems and payments going directly through a lot of social media platforms, um, which is another reason to start promoting your business on social media today. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely think that, um, again, any company wants to be profitable. I mean, just let, let's be real uh, at the end of the day. So putting a company's brand out on social media is just simply another way to get more visibility, get more traction for your brand and your company. Um, but when it comes to sales, I think the more visibility you get from your Instagram account or your TikTok account or your Snapchat account, I think the more visibility your company gets, if you're able to tie in e-commerce with that directly from that site, 
um, again, that saves a lot of time. I may be looking at the crumble cookie, you know, commercial on my Snapchat and be like, man, I really want some cookies right now. But I may think about it, you know, or, you know, and, and remember, oh, I'm on keto. I can't really eat that, you know, <laughs> or, or things like or say, you know, or, or forget about it completely later on in the day. But if I'm able to purchase those cookies right there from any social media platform that that commercial is on and then have them delivered to me, you know, an hour later, how much more profitable would that be for, you know, Crumble or anybody else that's promoting their business on social media? So I, I think in the next five years, we're really going to see a lot more um, visibility with e-commerce and purchases and things like that being being done right there from a social media platform, as opposed to redirecting to websites or having to go directly to that site. So. Absolutely. So where do you think social media will be in 10 years? Um, in the next 10 years? I think the world of marketing is going to introduce uh, a lot more practical applications of maybe virtual reality and, and augmented reality. So I think VR and AR are the future in as far as social media. We're starting to see, you know, a lot of, you know, virtual reality applications, especially like Snapchat filters. Let's take that for, for instance. You know, I, I think uh, Snapchat had a hit when they started introducing a lot of these you know, virtual reality filters, you can put the glasses on or the party hats on, things like that, and take photos. But I think there's going to be a lot of other practical applications that happen within social media uh, in the next 10 years. If you go to sites like, you know, Warby Parker, for instance, you know, for example, that, that sell eyeglasses, you know, you typically people shunned or shied away from buying glasses online because, they're used to going into the optometrist's office and putting the glasses on, you know, trying on 30 or 40 pairs before they decide on something. So now you've got Warby Parker that actually has the virtual reality application where you can actually try on these glasses, you know, just by holding your phone up to your face. And, and, and so now you're able to purchase these glasses online comfortably because you know what they actually look like on you because you've tried on, you know, 30 or 40 mm -hmm. pair as if you were standing in your optometrist's office. So I think over the next 10 years, the more advancements that are made with VR and AR, we'll start seeing that implemented in, in social media a lot more. So, I mean, imagine having a conversation with somebody and it looks like they're actually standing in front of you as opposed mm -hmm. to, you know, FaceTiming or, or, or doing it through social media. So um, a lot, a lot I'm excited about where social media is going over the next five or 10 years. But I think it, over the next 10 years, the more advancements we see in technology, we'll see VR and AR really take off. Absolutely. I actually read an article the other day, uh, and I think that you would find this interesting about a virtual influencer. So, you know, we have influencers on primarily Instagram and this company called Brood, they created a CGI person and made an Instagram account for them. And that influencer built uh, a um, network of people over two years. And then the virtual influencer started selling stuff for companies. Oh, wow. And <laughs> it, it's just crazy. And now they have all these different virtual influencers who are not real people. <laughs> and after two years, they said, hey, you know, these are virtual influencers. They're not real people. And mm -hmm. everyone was like, wow, 
but okay, we're going to keep following them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It doesn't affect me one yeah. bit. I, you know, I, I'm hooked now. So, I mean, imagine yeah. the, the technology that's going to happen five or 10 years from now. I mean, that's just going to be a, a commonplace thing now for, for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about where that's headed. That's, that's interesting though. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting that companies, you know, are now able to create a brand faced from, mm-hmm. you know, the computer it's scary and exciting and it's it's a lot of feelings yeah um <laughs> but um if you had to choose what would you want social media to evolve into oh man i i, I like the way social media is heading with the the community in the community aspect of it um I think I want to see it evolve more into that community aspect where it reaches a lot of other people. I mean, you hit on something earlier when you were saying, you know, someone may be miles and miles away, but really wants to get involved in activism for a certain cause. Uh, but they may not be able to do it. They may be in, you know, a rural part of South Dakota and no one around them feels the way that they feel or there's no way to get involved you know, other than just making a donation. Um, but I think, I think social media, I think, I think we're in the age of activism right now, um, in that era. And so I'd really like to see social media be a little bit less about self, um, and more about community and more about, um, pushing those worthwhile causes and pushing activism in a more positive light to where, to the point where everybody can get involved, um, I don't have to be in a major market. I don't have to be in a large city. I don't even have to be in a community where the other people that are around me feel this, the same way that I feel. I can become just as involved in that cause or in that 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 role uh, or in that movement uh, through my social media. Um, uh, so that that's why I really wanted to see it to see it involve into. Um, I think privacy is another thing that I really want to speak about when, 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 when talking about social media. I think privacy concerns have really plagued social media from the beginning, and they're only going to get a little bit more pronounced, a little bit more worse. Um, and so I would love to see future social media companies offer enhanced network and, and profile privacy settings than, than they ever have before. Um, I think cyberbullying has has always been a problem even in the myspace era so um again i think privacy security concerns are always something that needs to be policed uh and i think they really need to do a better job of that so um that's that's really what i want to see from social media in the future yeah absolutely and i think whatever way you slice it there's pros and cons to social media but I think that as long as we're trying to work out the cons and we're constantly trying to fix things, then, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So wrapping this up here, do you have any additional comments or best practices that we can utilize for social media security? or just? Oh, you know, I can talk about this stuff forever with you, Oakley. I (laughs) I do want to touch on a couple of things, especially since we're hearing this around – you know, companies and businesses and how they utilize social media, especially from a security aspect. I, I want to let people know to, to never, ever use your work email address for anything other than work. Um, we we live in an era now where there's a sign up for every single thing. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, trying to sign up for your Marriott rewards points 
or you're trying to order a pizza online from from Papa John's. I mean, everything has a username and a password, and they always want you to sign up and utilize your email address. Uh, so please make sure everybody out there never use your work email address for anything other than work. Uh, in fact, you need to use a dedicated email account just for social media. Uh, I, I wouldn't even go as far as to use my personal email for social media. Uh, for instance, you could create one or more Gmail accounts. They don't cost you anything um, for your different social media sites and, and use a different hard to guess security question for each site. Um, because again, a lot of these, a lot of these scammers will go on your site and if it's wide open, you know, they can easily tell, you know, your, your, you know, your mother's maiden name or the street that you grew up on, you know, they do this much digging in your social media past in order to build a profile on you and to get information about who you are and, you know, the people around you. So it's not hard for them to guess when they try to hack into your account what those, you know, what those security questions are that you always have to, you know, give answers for. They can pretty much get those answers, you know, off of your social media account. It's like putting together a puzzle for them. Uh, so I would make sure that you're you're using a dedicated email account for your social media and really come up with the, you know, uh, a good friend of mine that I talked to that's involved with security says he uses fake uh, answers to the security questions. He's just he just he just knows those answers right off the off the beaten path, but he gives a fake answer to those security questions that he memorizes because again, it's not difficult for somebody to go digging in your past uh, to yeah. get those answers. Um, two more things I really want to touch on. Um, I want to talk about two factor authentication. I cannot stress how important two factor authentication is. If you're not familiar with two factor authentication or two FA. For short, um, it's when you go to log into, you know, a website, you put your password in, and now you have to wait for that annoying six-digit code to hit your text messages on your phone. So that's pretty much 2FA. I'm sure all of us have experienced it at one point in time. It is a pain in the rear, I understand, <laughs> but it is for your, for your own good because here's the thing. It's essentially an extra layer of security for your social media account, and every social media account out there, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, they all have 2FA. You may not have it enabled, but you can easily go to your settings and enable it. So it's it's an account security feature that's going to require anybody that's attempting to gain access to your account to provide additional authenticity uh, before they're allowed access to your to your profile. So basically, they may have your password. They may have hacked your you know, crack the code and, and obtain your password some sort of way. But if they don't have your phone, then they won't have access to that that social media account. So um, it, it actually does two things for you. Not only does it keep unwanted people out of your account, but it also alerts you, you know, that your password has been compromised. If you get that six digit code, you know, on your phone, but you know you're not trying to log in at that point in time. So basically all you have to do then is just make sure you go into the account, change your password, and you won't have that problem. So um, it does a couple of things for you. So I highly encourage everybody out there, enable your two-factor, your 2FA uh, on your social media accounts. Yes, you do have to wait for that six-digit code to hit your text messages, but at least it's gonna it's going to alert you to say, hey, my account's been compromised. Let me go ahead and change that password. Um, in, and, in the yeah. last year... 
uh, in the last year, I have noticed that I have been doing it so much more mm-hmm. within the last year and a half during the pandemic because more companies have enabled it. So that's yeah, yeah. definitely a lot of companies are requiring it now. Um, and if if not for anything else, I know this is getting off of social media, but but for if if you don't enable two FA for anything else, please do it for your online banking. Uh, that is probably, I don't want anybody messing with my money. You can probably mess with my Facebook account before you mess with my bank account. So, um, <laughs> definitely enable 2FA. Uh, most of the major banks that do offer online banking should have a 2FA setting. So you definitely want to enable that. That way, again, if your Wells Fargo, your Bank of America account, your First Horizon account has been compromised, you want to know about that on the front end as opposed to, oh, $1,000 is missing out of my account. Where did it go? So if you've got 2FA enabled, they don't have, they may have your password, but they don't have the secondary piece of that security feature, which is going to be your cell phone. Um, and the last thing I definitely want to stress, stress with everybody, and we've talked about this already, is please make sure that you understand everything you post is literally going to be out there forever. You know, nothing on the internet really disappears completely. Um, so even though you may have been able to delete that photo or post that you didn't mean to take, uh, in the office, uh, just know that somebody may have screenshotted or copied it. So ask yourself, is this something that I want the world to see forever, you know, or is this going to be harmful, um, if it's on the front page tomorrow morning of the newspaper? So, uh, just be, please, please be careful about anything that you post, uh, company related. Perfect. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate this. I have learned so much in the last, what, 45 minutes about social media. (laughs) And, you know, I have loved talking to you. Um, And yeah, so I'm never going to post about my trips again. And I'm just, I'm just, you you can do it. Just do it on the back end. Do do it when you get back home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. And you don't have anything else to say. I uh, just want to say to everyone out there, follow us on social media. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Oakley. Thank you so much. All right. Well, light a candle and get some balloons because that was ProTech's first episode. We hope you enjoyed and that you listen to future ProTech pods. Follow us on social media to keep track of our journeys and when we release our next episode. Always remember, keep your head in the cloud and stay aware. Happy Cybersecurity Awareness Month and have a great day.